Oh my God. Hold on. Really, really bad. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Shit. (laughs) Hello. Can you hear me? I I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hello. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. Well, let me turn off this music. My cat has just passed out on the floor over there, so she's doing fine. Well, Jinx was um, all over. But there's me. your problem. <laughs> you named yeah, right. Jinx. I named my cat Jinx. Um, so my, get my oh, cat yes. off. Okay. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sorry, she just took a dive. <laughs> Yeah, so disclaimer here for for the listeners. This one's going to get kind of gruesome. Um, So I know that the podcast is about twisted shit, but, you know. This is going to be a rough one. (laughs) This is going to be a rough one. (laughs) So Um, so in in preparation for this episode, you actually sent me a message. And I'd just like to include that in the actual podcast here. So the message just read, we're doing genital mutilation. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) And I think I got this shortly after I'd woken up and I just looked at that and was just like, huh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't sign up for genital mutilation today, but I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take your literature. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe tomorrow when I'm having yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> I, this actually, this episode was sparked by a, um, I'm going to use this word very loosely, a debate on my Facebook mm-hmm. um, that got, uh, we'll just say it went from a two to a ten, and people were arguing, you know, like they do on Facebook. And I was like, you know what? We're just gonna do an episode about it, and that's what we're gonna do. So that's right when I sent you that message where I was like, we're doing genital mutilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah, I've actually talked about some of the stuff in my classes. I guess I should preface this by saying that uh, I'm a sociologist. I'm a, a, a PhD candidate at a university. And uh, I teach uh, on the topic of sociology. And so things like this come up on a semi-regular basis in my courses. Uh, I love to shock my students. Uh, And so one of the slides that I'll sometimes throw into a lecture is just uh, a slide that reads nothing more than whatever you do, do not wikipedia sub incision and i can oh. usually tell <laughs> i can usually tell which of my students are are using their phones when they're not supposed to because you'll just see like these grimaces on their faces and, like gagging noises. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I would be that student they would immediately go and google that oh yeah 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 um, and you're just actually, you're <laughs> i did a paper it's so funny i did a paper um when i was at uab on female genital mutilation because i took an african women writers co- uh, course Mm-hmm. And I was actually in the library researching yeah. female genital mutilation. And it was really funny. The people that would walk behind me and see what I had up on my screen, you could hear the, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. I was I, I, this, this week, I don't want to get out too much off topic, but this very week I was, uh, this podcast is never on topic. So yeah. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving a le- lecture on, um, the kind of horrible, 
sexism and and you know problematic uh, masculinity that's on the internet. Right. And so I had this paper that was about like some of the just the awful stuff that, that women have to go through on the internet. Uh, and they just kind of put a lot of that language right into the title. And so I had this this article that just had like just a bunch of filthy things about women right up at the top, like in big, <laughs> bold letters. And I, without thinking about it, I took that with me to a restaurant because I often when I go out to eat, I'll, I'll often bring along a paper uh, and, and kind of when I'm going by myself and, and, and read through it. And without realizing, I just had that out on the table. And when the waitress came over, she's like, hey. And then I could see her looking down at the table at that. And then, like, <laughs> nothing was the same afterwards. I'm terrified of the food oh. that I got served after oh, that. Oh, God. Like, I'm not for this. I'm against it. Like, <laughs> this misogynistic asshole at table 14. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of you going to restaurants alone, ladies, yeah. Professor Miller here is single. Are you still single? <laughs> I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Professor Miller here is single. So um, you can email me at if it's twisted podcast at gmail.com if you want to try to get with Professor Miller. Didn't realize this was a a, a dating. Uh. Yeah, no, it totally is. <laughs> I told great. you I was a 96 year old meemaw. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, <laughs> it translates into more than just my technological skills or lack thereof. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> so let's get this nightmare started. All right. Okay, so we're gonna start off with just male circumc- circumcision, your run of the mill, um, male genital mutilation, I guess. Hmm. So, um. Boys are born with a protective hood of skin over the head of their penis. It's called like the prepus, prepus or something. Yeah, yeah. uh, prepus. Thank you. And when the baby is only a few days old, the foreskin is removed. And in the Jewish faith, it's uh, done by a rabbi or something on the eighth day after their birth. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the benefits of circumcision outweigh the risks. Mm. So, I mean, you know, you hear all the all the quote-unquote benefits of circumcision, but this doesn't sound like fun to me. The baby is strapped down. It says they are placed in a plastic molded seat, but let's let's be honest here, they're strapped down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I'd like to interject a little bit here that like I, I think that that's a very Western stance, and as far as I know, the literature doesn't actually support the idea that the benefits outweigh the the risks. Yeah. Uh, from from what I've read, like the I'm sorry if I'm like cutting in yeah. <laughs> ahead of things you're getting to, but uh, that's what I'm paying you the big bucks for. Yeah, yeah. Is is that uh, for, from what I understand, as, as far as looking at the aggregate of the studies that have been done, uh, there's very little evidence to show that there's actually a benefit from circumcision. A lot of this comes from kind of a rhetoric that arose specifically in the United States um, starting in the 20s and then kind of moving onwards that linked it to hygiene. Right, right, Um, right. but in a lot of ways, it was just tied to our kind of prudishness around sex. Yeah. Um, and there's I'll some other. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Uh, no, Sorry. Fine. No, you're fine. Um, actually, I'll um, I'll say here, I didn't actually know that the foreskin was attached by a membrane mm-hmm. um, at birth, and that <clears throat> it will actually detach around puberty. So I didn't know that the foreskin was fucking attached mm-hmm. more than it more than I already knew it was. So I didn't realize that. But anyway, so um, the baby is strapped down and the penis is cleaned. So at least they're at least they're clean. And they said that they can, quote unquote, lessen the baby's pain with a local anesthetic. 
and they will give them a sucrose pacifier, which is literally just a passy dipped in water that reduces the distress. And I feel like if you are consciously making an effort to quote unquote reduce the stress of the baby when you're doing this, I think, you know, it, you realize it hurts and that it is distressing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're taking all these these actions to, you know, lessen their distress. So, and it mm. says that, um, you know, sometimes they can be swaddled afterwards. So, there's three different types of circumcision. So, there's the gumco clamp. And I'm just going to read straight from kidshealth.org. Yeah. Um, so, the first method, a special instrument called a probe, is used to separate the foreskin from the head of the penis They're usually joined by a thin membrane. Next, a bell-shaped device is fitted over the head of the penis and under the foreskin. Um, And it says an an incision may be made in the foreskin to allow this. The foreskin is then pulled up and over the bell, and a clamp is tightened around it to reduce blood flow to the area. A scalpel is used to cut and remove the foreskin. The Mogan clamp, again, the foreskin is separated, and it's just, um, and then the foreskin is pulled out in front of the head and inserted through a metal clamp, and then it's cut. And then the clamp is uh, left on there to control the bleeding. And the plastibel technique is similar to the first one, and they separate it, and then they place a bell, a plastic bell under the foreskin and over the head. Mm-hmm. And a piece of suture is tied directly around the foreskin, which cuts off the blood supply to the foreskin. A scalpel may be may then be used to cut off the extra foreskin, but the plastic ring is left on. About six to twelve later, uh, six to twelve days later, it falls off on its own. I think it said that's the one um, that has the least amount of like bleeding or something. Yeah, yeah. So the quote unquote benefit. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I, I think that's the one that's primarily used in the States today. Um, but then again, I have I, no children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't nor, nor do I have a penis. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but the quote unquote benefits are um, that they are less likely to get a UTI in the first year of their life. It's easier to keep clean and it reduces the risk of HIV and other STIs. And I remember learning about that in my very limited um sexual education that I got in, you know, Walker County yeah. when I was in high school, it was cuts not, down, it, uh, it cuts down on the weight too, by at least a uh, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but they said that the, um, when a circumcised man has sex with a woman or a man who has, um, an STI that it can get caught in the skin around the head. Mm-hmm. And so that somehow makes it hard, more difficult for them to get an STI. Yeah. So the risks are, uh, well, it said most of the time there are no risks. So I put most of the time in quotation marks. So the risks are obviously infection, bleeding, complications with local anesthesia, which they said are usually minor, but it's um, like a rash, a reaction, stuff like that. Um, Incomplete removal of the foreskin Mm -hmm. and damage to the penis. So, so usually there's not a risk, except for when we cut your penis off, right? <laughs> Actually, I have a story about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently circumcision, and this is where my ignorance comes in. Mm-hmm. Circumcision predates the biblical reference in Genesis 17, where God commands yeah. Abraham to cut off his foreskin. Yeah. So 
as a grown ass man, Jacob. Yes. If you know the the man in the sky that mm. you know, I know you go to church every Sunday. Oh yeah, you know me. Uh, I know. So <laughs> if you know this unseen force was like, I think you should cut off the tip of your penis. No, I mean. The thing is, it's like, I don't even need a god to do that. Like, it's just like, you look <laughs> down, right? And you're like, oh, look at that thing there. I should try, I should try look cutting. Little elephant's trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, uh, I should, I should fuck around with this thing. And I maybe, eh, maybe jab <laughs> some things in there. Maybe lop <laughs> some bits of it off here and there. <laughs> yeah. I think historically, if you look at like how widespread some of these activities are, you have to think that there is some sort of just inclination <laughs> of people I, just I, to really, <laughs> Again, I don't have a wiener, so I yeah. don't, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There there has to be some sort of, um, you know, how does it, how. Yeah, like how do we get to. In so many different, you know, continents that predate, you know, any kind of communication. Like or How is know, it that we get travel. the idea to just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to trim that a little bit. Yeah, right? just a little around, just, just a little off the tip. Or as we move, move into some of the broader uh, topics of genital mutilation. Maybe I should just cut that off. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. Yeah. So um, it apparently originated in Africa, and it is still done today, but it's done a little bit later in a boy's life, and it symbolizes an adolescent boy's transition from boyhood to manhood. Mm-hmm. And I would probably be like, can I not just go kill a lion or something? Why you gotta <laughs> cut off parts of my wiener? Yeah, yeah. I would be like, yeah. let's keep that. Yeah, there there tends to be, uh, when we talk about rituals, and, and so the sociological kind of definition of a ritual is any kind of symbolic act that moves a person or an object or mm-hmm. a thing from one category into another. Um, that That's what we would consider a ritual. And so with a lot of these, like, specifically coming-of-age rituals and even more specifically coming-of-age rituals among men or males, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, there's some weird stuff that goes on there. I, I, I don't even know that I like the circumcision. I, I definitely wouldn't rank that as the, um, as the worst uh, of them. I, I don't know. Genital mutilation just in general might be up there, but yeah. one of the, one of the things is, uh, what we would call a pain ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. and, and pain, just like endurance of pain marks one's masculinity. Um, but it also marks one's transition from a child where you're protected into an adult where you're supposed to be resilient against these things. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on, um, the female, side of it i think it's interesting how the the male ritualistic you know genital cutting mm-hmm. or like pain tolerance is to elevate you from child to adult and yes. the the female side of it is to keep you suppressed absolutely you know, it's yeah. this, it's so interesting that it's like okay well to women we're gonna do it to keep you below the man and the man we're gonna do it to elevate you like yeah. it's just you know and once again how like that's just prevalent in so many different cultures and it's just interesting yeah. at how that's you know intrinsic to people um and, so, and in, in some ways, so one of the big, big differences there, again, is it's still a ritual. And the fact that it's moving, uh, moving the person from one 
category to another. Um, but yeah, the, uh, as you were saying, like the big difference with female uh, genital mutilation is that the the categories that they're being shifted between is it's almost what we would call a divestment ritual. Mm-hmm. It's a way of of changing property from one person to another, mm. or of of marking marking the property as being ready for a different type of possession or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, really messed up. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> very different. Oh yeah. So um, circumcision was common among the Semitic people and um, Colchlians, Ethiopians, oh. Phoenicians, and Syrians were recorded as circumcised cultures. Those are big words, and I probably butchered every single one of them. Uh, well, just the first one. After the conquest of Alexander the Great, the Greeks' dislike of circumcision led to its decline. They considered a man truly naked only if his foreskin was retracted. So I find that interesting. Uh, maybe nice. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On um, a day, you know? Right. So <laughs> um, some Jewish men or some circumcised men attempted to reverse their circumcision so that they could participate in the Greek games where nudity was the norm. And I just can't help but think about, do you watch Friends? Uh, I have at various times. Okay, there's an episode where uh, Joey is going on an audition, and um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, <laughs> where he's crying. Need, well, they need an uncircumcised man. Oh no, this is a different one. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, they need an uncircumcised man, mm-hmm. and Joey is circumcised, and Monica um, makes him a foreskin out of lunch meat. Yeah. And so he wears that to his audition. So I just uh, see these circumcised men, you know, wrapping their wang in lunch meat. And they're like, no, I'm totally uncircumcised, guys. Let me play. Let me throw the discus. I feel like I actually have read. Like, this might actually be a thing. Like, not with the lunch meat, but with, like, prosthetic foreskins. And I might be making that up. Is it like a uh, merkin? In which case, yeah, yeah, an equivalent to that. Yeah, yeah. In which case, I mean, you know, copyright this. So. Right. <laughs> right. I've got a great business opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> they will not be made out of lunch meat. <clears throat> um, so to, uh, world, uh, worldwide, only 30% of men are circumcised. Most of those are Muslim. And most modern Western westernized countries are well below 20%. Yeah. In the U.S., rates have dropped from 85% of men being circumcised to 32%, and that was um, a number from 2009, which I know was like 10 years ago, but still, it's dropping. Yeah, I haven't looked into this this literature yet, but I'd be really interested to see what the demographics on that were, because I know uh, historically in the U.S., it was very much associated with social class, so that elites would be more likely to be circumcised and... um, uh, the like non-elites would be more likely to not be circumcised. Right. But I almost feel like that in this climate that might be reversed, or we might see what what we call a bell curve. Um. Yeah. I. I yeah. I don't know. That that would be interesting to look yeah. into. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so in the U.S., circumcision, and I'm about to touch on what you said by the elite being mm-hmm. um the circumcised ones. In the U.S., circumcision wasn't widespread until Dr. Kellogg, yes, of serial oh, yeah. fame. Yeah suggested it in order to prevent masturbation. And the really fucked up thing is that he suggested it for boys and girls, which I don't think I realized until. Oh I yeah. I don't think I knew that. that. Yeah. 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 Um, so for boys, he said um, that they shouldn't use um, 
any anesthesia so that they would associate Mm -hmm. pain with Mm -hmm. the penis and then they wouldn't, you know, go trolling for bitches. Yeah. And then, um, (laughs) in females, he said that an application of pure carbolic acid to the clitoris is an excellent means of allaying the abnormal excitement. I guess I should get this out of the way right now. What are, what's the uh, rules about language on this podcast? Oh, Say whatever the fuck you want to say. Okay, good, good. Because <laughs> there's been a yeah. couple of times I've had to really hold back some f bombs. No, you say anything <laughs> you want to say. I don't care. Yeah, no, say it. I mean, I, I I am a lady, so I don't say curse words. Yeah, yeah, of course not. You, of course. right, right. Um, so I don't know. Just the thought of putting carbolic yeah, acid really on a baby's quarter, like I can't fucking imagine yeah. that. Uh, I'll, I'll interject here just a little bit um, that I, I read a little bit on, on uh, this era. And one of the things that popped up regularly was that the treat what this they considered circumcision or treatment um, for what they would act, what they would call masturbate, <laughs> masturbatory insanity. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I def- yeah. I read that and I was like, oh, God, OK. Yeah, just the language there is really good. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting that you've got, on the one hand, you have them, you know, putting carbolic acid on a baby's clitoris, yeah. and then you have um, the invention of the vibrator to cure, yeah. Yeah. you know, hysteria. So it's it's interesting, the, the dichotomy there. Yeah. But um, Victorians, obviously, they hated sex. It was only for reproduction. Um, but only the upper class could usually afford the procedure. And I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, complications, affording a doctor and stuff like that. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're worried about putting bread on the table, you don't want to run the the risk of your kid's junk rotting off because it's gotten infected. Yeah, yeah. By 1932, only 31% of men were circumcised, and it reached its peak in 1980 at 85%. And it has been falling ever since. Yeah. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. Um, I used to be um, a preschool teacher. Yeah. And that's why I hate children now. Um, <laughs> and I actually, there was a four-year-old who had to get uh, circumcised. And he came in a couple of days later and he walked in. He just goes, I got my penis cut off. <laughs> And we were like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but, that's you know, he had some sort of infection and wound yeah. up having to have a circumcision, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I, 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 I not, a, not enough to be a proponent of it, but I kind of get, you know, when your kid goes to, um, to daycare, we, we can't really, we, we have to get in there and change that diaper as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't fiddle around in there too long. Um, so, but you know, but on the other hand, it's like you said, the the risks don't vastly outweigh the pros. Yeah. Um, so I have a story here of you know what can go wrong, and I think I remember uh, years ago my grandmother actually talking to me about this story and they said that they tried to like cauterize it or something yeah. mm-hmm. um david peter reimer was oh, born. yeah 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 he was born with a penis and when his circumcision was botched at the um suggestion of the doctor he was then raised as a girl and psychologist john M- money or money 
said that the reassignment was successful, and he concluded that gender identity was learned. But between the ages of 9 and 11, David's realization that he wasn't a girl came about, and he transi- he transitioned back to life as a boy at yeah. age 15. And then he lived the rest of his life as a boy. Um, so that's what I have on male circumcision. Yeah. And then that's female, a really, tr- that's a really tragic case too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that is an extreme. Like that's not just happening left and right. Yeah. I think he ended up uh, committing suicide uh, later in his life. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus. But it's one of like the big things, the doctor that was involved was a really sketchy dude. And yeah. uh, the science behind it was very, very unethical. And uh, it you was treated say. very poor. Yeah. Yeah. It was treated. It was done very, uh, in a very bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the, on the flip side, female genital mutilation is the ritual cutting of some or all of the external female genitalia. It occurs, and I did not know this, it occurs in Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. I thought it was just kind of native to Africa, but it's actually in Asia as well. Um, UNICEF estimated that in the 30 countries where it's practiced, roughly 200 million women have had it done. That's a lot of women. Like, I didn't realize the number was so high. Mm-hmm. I actually remember on America's Next Top Model, which I know you've, you've watched every episode. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, there was actually a, um, there was a contestant. I think her name was Fatima, I want to say. Mm-hmm. She actually had had um, one of the more extreme types of female genital mutilation done. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was... These were some of the most horrifying things that I read. Uh, in preparation like a lot of the the stuff dealing with male genital mutilation i'd read before and so was prepared for uh but the the literature the the things that they were talking about in the case of of women uh woof, it is oh, it is horrific oh, yeah. it is really oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> um so the it can so female genital mutilation can happen anytime from days after birth to puberty and even after which i didn't know that and in half of the country where data is able to be obtained, the majority of girls are cut before they're five. So it does happen predominantly in young girls, but it can happen after. And um, I'll touch on uh, grown women and what they have to go through later. Mm-hmm. So um, in most of the countries where it occurs, it's illegal, but obviously the laws are poorly enforced. It's like they yeah. don't give a rat's ass. So... Obviously, it's rooted in gender inequality. We we don't need to tell anybody that. And it's used to control women's sexuality. It's seen as a status of purity, modesty, and beauty. But the really fucked up thing is that it's mostly carried out by women, by older women. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to interject here. I've got, Go we have a, a tornado siren going off right now. It's not because we got a tornado. It's just that it's going off. They're testing it, apparently. So if you hear this in the background, <laughs> just know everything is okay. Yeah, everything is okay. No, uh, Jacob is dedicated to this podcast, and he is recording through I'm recording a tornado. Reporting from, <laughs> from, from, from the trailer storm. park. <laughs> um, Tell me so, more about this genital mutilation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the fucked up thing is that it's mostly carried out by women out of fear that if they don't do it, their daughters will face social exclusion. Mm-hmm. Which shit, I will just take zero friends, stick me at the edge of the of the camp. I don't I yeah, don't wanna do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, I'll <laughs> hard pass. Can I just kill a lion or something? Um 
And then it reminded me of something else that I had heard about breast flattening. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and but this is I had I listened to a woman who was having, uh, she was doing an interview. She said that this is done from a good place, and it's done. So it's done namely in Cameroon, but it's also currently done in London, which is weird. Um, so they take hot rocks and they um put it on the girl's breasts and they try to stunt the growth and they do that to try to protect the young girls from being raped by older men. And a so, lot of the actual, yeah. Uh, uh, and this is similar with a lot of the genital mutilation. Um, a lot of it is actually performed. I mean, like in, in like in fibrillation and a lot of the circumstances mm-hmm. where they're like closing up uh, uh, the vagina and, 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 you know, things like that uh, or, or, or cutting off pieces and allowing them to grow, grow back <gasps> together. Uh, a lot of these are actually done as a means of, of uh, keeping women, like, you know, keeping women virginal. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's necessarily to protect them as people, um, or protect them as objects. I think but, it's yeah, to protect yeah. them as objects, but yeah. the the breast flattening is specifically yeah, um, yeah. to protect them from predators. Yeah. So there are three different types of female circumcision. So type one is partial or total removal of the clitoris, mm-hmm. and um, there's parts A and B. One A is the hood only, which is kind of rare, and then one B is the entire clitoris. Type 2 is partial or complete removal of the inner labia with or without the clitoris and outer labia. So, um, 2A is inner labia only, 2B is clitoris and internal labia, and then 2C is the clitoris, the internal, and the outer labia. So, basically, they cut it all off, but they don't necessarily sew it shut. Yeah. And then type three is the kind that is sewn closed. And this is the one that just, I can't fucking imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine any of it, but this is the one that I'm like, where did you even come up with this? Yeah, and in an additional, and in addition to sewing sewing it up, there another practice is to just bind the legs for yes. uh, several several weeks so that yes. it grows. And then a lot of times upon marriage, they will then cut cut them open again. But then this yeah, is terrible. I'll, I'll and it, there's a lot of lot of death, and it leads to death of both uh, the women themselves, but also children that they might mm. have in the future. It's really terrible. Oh yeah. Um. So with the type three, the um, removal of the internal and external labia with or without the removal of the clitoris and then they're they're then sewn closed leaving one small hole for urine and menstrual blood this one um i'm gonna say thankfully but not too thankful is kind of concentrated in northeast africa in um djibouti eritrea ethiopia somalia and sudan it specifically said not southern sudan though mm-hmm. um so this one's not quite as widespread it's still horrifying but at least it's kind of concentrated um so in somalia the child is and i want to purposefully use the word child just yeah. because it's that fucked up um the child is made to squat on a stool or a mat facing oh, the circumciser. <laughs> Yeah, 
Um, and it says adult helpers hold the girls' legs apart. And in one of the articles I read, it said that the element of surprise is key, which um, there really isn't that term helpers loosely there. Oh they? yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so the clitoris is pinched between her nails and just cut off. And I guess that's where the element of surprise comes into because you know, if you pinch a clitoris with your nails it's not gonna feel that great unless mm-hmm. you're into that but yes yeah, it's it's a quick motion just so that the kid doesn't um know what's going on so um it's then shown to the girls senior female family members to see if more needs to be removed so it's shown to see if it's acceptable then the labia is cut off and Obviously, at this point, the kid is struggling, screaming, and bleeding. So, it's messy and difficult at this point. So, when they're done, it's sewn together. And since it's a fresh wound, it'll close up. She may be forced... This this was the part that just really got me. Um, she may be forced to wear the parts that they cut off of her. Like a fucking albatross. I just... Oh, yeah. So you're going to cut this girl's parts off and then you're going to make her wear them? I don't don't know if it's like to show like an outward show that, hey, I went through this. Oh, my God. Um, Then the wound is covered with a poultice of raw eggs, herbs and sugar. Oh, man, they're just ruining all of, like, the things that you eat there. That'd be oh. like somebody cutting off my penis and then, like, covering it up with pizza. And then it's just <laughs> ruined from then on, right? Like, God. Like, I never want pizza again. Ah, damn it. Oh. Like, <laughs> could we not just cover it up with, like, I, I, I don't know, mayonnaise? Something that I don't want to eat, right? Like, oh. I don't like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is probably not the Man- best idea. Mayonnaise is probably not the best example for oh, this particular yeah. discussion. No. Let's just say... <laughs> Let's just say green beans instead. I also don't <laughs> like green beans. So. Oh, my God. Um, ugh. But, yeah, so like you said, the girl's legs are tied together hip to ankle, and they're loosened after a week, and it's removed after two to six weeks. After that, the family will inspect the circumcision, and if, it, if the family deems that the hole that's left is too large, they will fucking do it again. And I would have some words with my fucking family if that came up. <laughs> I was like, it's just, it's you small enough and just walk away. <laughs> like, oh, it's open for sex when after they get married, because they've got to stay pure until they're married. Um, it's open for sex either by a midwife with a knife or by the husband with his penis. And to add insult to injury, sometimes the family watches to make sure that she is a virgin. As if selling your vagina shut wasn't enough of a fuck you. You've got to have it ripped open while your family watches. And I just, no thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on, on most of this, right? Or yes. actually all of this that we've talked about. <laughs> just most of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's opened further for childbirth and then it's closed up again. So I guess, you know, right before she gives birth, they just slice her open. 
Um, and then, at, like, you just squeezed a kid out of an already damaged vagina, and now they're going to sew you up immediately afterwards. I mean, my... Okay, so my best friend does not listen to this podcast, so it's fine. Um, she actually gave birth naturally, like, no... no um, epidural or anything and she said that when they were cleaning her up afterwards it hurt so I can't imagine you know having giving birth with no anesthesia and then having to be sewn shut again oh yeah none of of this is fun no no No, like it's just if if being cleaned off hurts I can't imagine having to be re-sewn shut um, so that's if, if you survive it, to begin if you with. survive it the first, yeah, if you, if you, that's, if you survive it the first time, that's if you don't have to have it done a second time. That's I mean, and if, if you, you survive the birth too. If, yeah. yeah if you it's survive, scar tissue. Yeah. Exactly. If you survive the birth, like it's, there's, it's awful. It's kind um, of a bad idea. It turns out. All, yeah. It turns out. So, um, if the husband, this, oh. It just gets worse and worse. So if the husband chooses to or is able to um, open the hole with his penis, the penetration can take days to months. So this, like, uh, ugh. Um, And if needed, a midwife will do it with a knife, but it's done in secrecy because it reflects poorly on his potency. And God forbid he looks bad. You know, we've sewn I mean, her vagina shut, but he needs to look like the big man on campus. I mean, but do you? I mean, look, do you know how embarrassing that would be, though? Oh, if you I have your your manhood challenge. Oh I mean, yeah. Can you can you really just imagine the pain that he would the emotional pain? It's that he so would go hard through. to be a man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so that's really all I'm saying. Man. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I know, Jacob. Um, <laughs> remember, ladies, Jacob is single. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh God! In 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 looking up things like emasculation as an act, uh, you know, as a surgical procedure and stuff like this, uh, all I just kept on coming across um, things from like MRAs talking about the the emasculation of the American man, oh, and I'm like, God. oh shut the fuck up! Right? Oh my God! I, that oh. was actually out of out of all the things that I read, that that's up there with the most disturbing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. Um, so some men never are never able to penetrate, but they're able to get the woman pregnant anyway, and then they will be cut to allow for childbirth. And some men nick their wife with a little knife, which creates a tear, which they can then rip open. So that's oh. So that's kind of what I have, you know. It was the the circumcision 101 because I knew that you were going into more of the um, culture and the rituals and stuff. But now that now that we're good and good and bummed out, yeah. let's <laughs> let's let's take it further. Yep. Okay. So. Yeah, I, you know, I a lot of things that I'm going to talk about are pretty terrifying, but I don't think that they can get that much more terrifying than the things that, that you've talked about. I think that that's oh, probably no. that's probably the pinnacle. And, and one of the things that we know is that when we talk about mutilations, like genital mutilations, uh, most of the female mutilations are a lot harsher. Uh, they're more painful, and they tend to be more life-threatening than those performed upon the male. Right. Um. 
and you know there's a reason for that like and it has to do with with power and these sorts of things another thing that's important to note is the age at which a lot of these things are performed um a lot of them occur at uh, at a at a young age um but particularly with men uh more of them actually occur as they get older. Sometimes it'll be um, just right before marriage that that these uh, practices will happen. It's not, you know, not across the board, but it, there's some instances of that. Um, another thing that you'll find is that over time uh, that these practices have gotten pushed back further and further um, into a person's life. And one of the things that you can track along with that is that the further and further these things get pushed back, uh, the later that they, the, the later and later that they occur, the less intense they are. And it's really? my my guess is that uh, it's that when you perform these things on adults, they're just like, whoa, slow the fuck down. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, what oh, the okay. fuck do you think you're uh, doing? So let's uh, let's not do that. And maybe you can just like uh, you know maybe just cut it a little bit right <laughs> yeah just 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 a little bit <laughs> <laughs> okay so the, the the big question that as a sociologist when i come uh come across this or when i when i begin to think about this process and, and these activities i want to ask like why is it that we're doing it and what does it mean right because everything that we do in our lives has some kind of meaning right um, and meaning tends to drive human behavior, at least that's the, that's the way that I perceive these things. So what is the meaning of genital mutilation and why would we do it? Um, and this, this, is, uh, this is pretty important to actually understanding any of these things. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about the differences between men's and women's experiences with genital mutilation. And uh, even within the realm of specifically circumcision, it's important to note that in each of those instances, um, the the operations tend to be performed by people of the same sex. Right. So historically, uh, when a when a uh, boy was getting circumcised or a man was getting circumcised, it was an elder man that was doing it, and this is for a, a number of reasons. Um, and likewise for women, which I just found completely bizarre that <laughs> you know a woman would. I don't know. Part of me feels like, no, where's yeah. your, where's your sense of, of, you know, loyalty? Like you don't want this done. It hurts. Shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot easier. Like thinking of like some old, you know, dude performing this task than like right. a woman. Right. right. Uh, but within the context of like the ritual of it, it's, these things tend to be tied to gender, right? It's establishing these boundaries between men and women, boys and girls, and really driving them apart. Um, in fact, when we think about uh, circumcision in particular, one of the big explanations for why it occurs is it's a way of excising the femininity from the male genitalia. Um, um, because when you have a foreskin, uh, it in some ways is visibly parallel to a vagina, right? There's that a there's a there's a hole there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but bullshit. I mean, like, let's let's go ahead and get it out of the way that every baby started off as female esque. So yeah. I mean, you know, it, you you had a vagina at one point. So shut up. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, and I guess maybe historically they didn't realize this, but also. That might be even like that kind of logic might be even more reason in these instances to yeah. like, oh, well, if that's the case, we've really got to draw these lines between uh, 
being a boy and being a girl or being right. a man and being a woman. Um, and, and especially in instances where these are attached to coming of age rituals, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Uh, in a lot of cultures, It makes no sense. No, 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 it doesn't. Like. <laughs> Let's preface that. I'm against this. I guess I need to, I guess I need to, this is going to be the part that you clip out, right? Yeah, right. No, 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 no editing. <laughs> and you're just going to get like, I love Genital mutilation. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by these single ladies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but um, uh, in a lot of cultures, childhood in and of itself is a is a state of being gender neutral. Um, okay. To where uh, not in America. Well, yeah, in modern America, that's definitely not the case. But in, in historical America, boys there were instances. Boys and girls is girls. Yeah, yeah. Well, it used to be that, like, we would dress uh, children oh, yeah, in the same yeah. same clothing and yeah. have, like, the same long hair. And it was because we didn't think of them as sexual beings. And so it didn't make sense to uh, adorn them with the, with the markers of masculinity well, or femininity. If you think of a child as a sexual being, we've got problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you know, previously stated, we're not here to kink shame, but yeah, that yeah. is one. Yeah, yeah. There's certain yeah. lines like moral moral relativism only goes so far. All right. Okay. So anyway, we we have like this distinction between you know masculine and feminine, and and that's where a lot of these things kind of come in. We've already talked about the distinction between you know uh, agent. Uh, an agentic individual that's in control of themselves in the, in the masculine sense. And then for women being, you know, objectified as property. Um, but a a lot of other things are kind of tied up into this. So even when we talk about this, this notion of genital mutilation pretty broadly, what do we mean by that? Like what falls into this category? And in the broadest sense, we could say that things such as castration and emasculation um, are probably the harshest forms. So for men, the entire, either the entire removal of the testicles or the tire, uh, entire removal of the testicles and the sexual organs, so the penis and testicles um, removed. Um, typically, when we talk about castration versus emasculation, uh, castration involves the removal of testicles. Uh, emasculation is the removal of the penis and the testicles. Okay. Um, I have this, <laughs> I have this really great line that I'm going to read that I got from an article oh that boy. was talking about the the last known uh, uh, eunuch from China, and oh, it just said, "Oh, okay." I was thinking the ca- the castrati, the. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is specifically tied uh, to China here, uh, but I, I, and I'm not going to even go into it that much, but I want to just touch on this because I found it very amusing. Um, <laughs> so the line, uh, the opening sentence goes, "Only two memories brought tears to Sun Yao Ting's eyes in his old age." The day his father cut off his genitals, huh. and the and the day his family threw away his treasure, the pickled remains, <laughs> the pickled remains that should have made him a whole man again. Oh, oh so, God! <laughs> so this is the uh, this 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 is describing the story of, of Sun Yao Ting, who um, was again, the last known eunuch in China. Uh, and what happened with him is that, he, I guess, his village was being attacked by a, a, a baron from a different um, village that was coming over and stealing their their food and all these, re- doing just really bad things to him. And so this man's father was like, well, we need to get somebody in power into a powerful position so that they can protect us. And so the, the best idea of how to do this was to castrate um, or emasculate their 
their youngest son, send him off to the emperor so that he could whisper into the ears of the, the emperor and get this thing to stop. So what they did is they they um, they tied him to a bed, cut off his uh, genitalia. Um, they inserted a goose quill into the urethra. So anytime we're, anytime we're talking about some of these procedures that are uh, kind of intense, um, they'll often have to pay particular attention to actually keep the urethra from right. sealing shut because that could be problematic. Um, he was stuck in a bed. He, he like passed out for a couple oh. of days and then he couldn't move for uh, about two months. And when he, when he uh, was finally able to move, he was going, he left to go to be in the um, employ of the emperor. He got there, he made it into the emperor's uh, good graces, and then the emperor was ousted and thrown out. And so all of that was worth, like, for he, he, not. For, for not. And um, the, the, the article closes with the line He never became rich, but he became rich in experience. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm sure that was that was just enough did you, watch, did you watch game of thrones i did yes okay so um the i can't remember the what was the night varus the eunuch oh yeah yeah when he asks or when he's asked about his castration and he says does my gash keep you up at night oh yeah yeah like that just yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> So, but th th that's a little bit extreme, like, I mean, in multiple senses. But uh, when we think about genital mutilation, probably castration and uh, emasculation are more rare than these other forms. And typically, these are forms of punishment. Um, in the case that I just talked about, it was a, a means of allowing people to be in the employ of, like, a ruler, um, mainly just so that, that they wouldn't sleep with the, their harem or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, or, in the case of the castrati... Yeah. They oh, yeah, yeah. did it to preserve their beautiful singing voice. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the same yeah, thing. I'm, I'm sure that they're, you know, pretty rich in experience being a guest yeah, Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they were able to become rich, in fact. I'd rather um, have a Bugatti. <laughs> but but aside from uh, aside from these forms where, you know, entire things are... are, are cut off i guess uh we we typically divide um male genital mutilation into um several different categories that are involved with incision right mm -hmm. um the, the the basic form in uh just called simply incision or super incision uh this involves um either pricking in, the, in its mildest form pricking the genitalia of a, or i'm sorry pricking the uh foreskin of a man um or of a male, I guess I should say. Uh, but it can also include cutting a line, like, you know, cutting into the foreskin of a man. And this is also referred to as super incision sometimes. That's, you'll, you'll kind of. That's actually type. There's actually, um, I didn't go into this, yeah. but there's mm -hmm. actually four types of female circumcision. Type yes. four is um, ceremonial nicking. Yeah. So yeah. it just kind of, the, the ceremony of it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so there, yeah. And there's, I, I, I've read a bunch of, of theories that are attached to this form of, of genital mutilation, and it, a lot of it has to do with the male fear of menstrual blood. Uh, I, apparently, oh, that God. just drives people crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get that away but, from me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is this is typically seen in uh, East African along the East African coast, uh, Island Asia, Oceania, 
and a few places in the New World, historically, kind of speaking. Mm -hmm. And this is really the least harsh of the male genital mutilations, very much a symbolic act. Right. Uh, it's, it's about um, pain management and pain endurance, uh, but almost performed in, in a strictly symbolic means. I feel like the pain of childbirth that a woman endures is probably higher than any fucking thing they do to nah, a man. Like, I, don't, I don't know about that. Nah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I once had my wiener flicked once, and I think that's pretty bad. I mean, it, it hurt really bad. <laughs> it, just, it hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I don't think that historically men <laughs> have taken into account women's plights very much. Uh, I mean, I, I unfortunately, okay. unfortunately, even to this day, uh, we're still working on that. So, right, right. Uh, and and yeah, we'll we'll hope for progress in that line. Uh, so that's the incision. Um, what we are most probably uh, most familiar with, as we've talked about before, is circumcision. So you can kind of see you can kind of see how these things build it from each other. Incision is simply a cut into the uh, foreskin. Circumcision, as the name implies, is a full uh, circular cut that that would entirely remove it. Again, this is often presented as a hygienic operation, right. um, but again, without the support of of what I would say would be medical evidence. Well, uh, uh, you know. People have done or have not done that for so long. You know, so many men don't have. I'm like, don't don't come at me telling me that it's needed when yeah, 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 tons exactly. of people live I, without I, it. So I, I've had a lot of friends from Europe um, pretty much uh, ever since high school. That, that's been the case. But I remember specifically in high school, one of my friends was talking about it. Uh, I don't know how this came out, but she just said to me and a bunch of my friends at the time, uh, I know somebody that's circumcised. And there was just this moment of silence. Like she was very proud of herself that she knew somebody. There was this moment of silence. And then just like people's hands just started slowly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because it's so common. Yeah. Uh, and. This, I, was this say, is, I remember the first time I saw an uncircumcised, like as a preschool teacher, yeah, yeah. the first time I saw an uncircumcised penis, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very shocking if you're, if you're used, used to this. And this is one of the things that I find as a sociologist, I find really, really fascinating. Um, when I'm teaching, or typically intro to sociology, when I'm teaching students, one of the things that we always have to spend some time talking about is the difference between anthropology and sociology, because they're right, very right, similar, right. similar fields. But the way that I kind of describe it is that um, anthropology looks at things that uh, seem weird from other cultures and explains them in ways that make them seem normal. Um, but sociology looks at the things that seem normal in our own society and teaches us to see them as weird. Professor <laughs> uh, Miller. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and so, so this is kind of a good, this is a great example of that differentiation because we can talk about some of these tribes and some of the things that they do. Um, and it can seem very, very crazy and, and abnormal and, and all of these things. And yet we do something that's equally as, as right. strange normal but we can we can justify it um in reading about this particular topic it seems like all of the people that are writing it have a certain degree of sense of a, of a sense of humor and so i kept on coming across lines that i just want to read verbatim and so there's oh, one yeah. line here that says puzzlingly virtually all cultures that practice some form of circumcision view the uncircumcised with disgust and vice versa more so than say the unbearded. 
I just love. I think that's great. <laughs> I am now going to refer to an uncircumcised penis yeah. as an unbearded, unbearded. penis. Unbearded Are penis. you bearded or unbearded? <laughs> yeah, Does exactly. the carpet match the drapes? Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like it. Uh, I guess it would probably get a little bit confusing uh, because, yeah, hearing that, you probably, that wouldn't be your first, uh, back to the topic of American. <laughs> right. Where, uh, <laughs> you might be leading people um, astray. So, Back to the topic here. So we've talked about incision and circumcision. Um, the the kind of third and in a lot of ways the most severe genital mutilation among men, uh, excluding you know full excision of right, their right. genitalia, is what we'd call geni- genital skin stripping. What? Which, uh, as the name implies, ah. <laughs> rather un- unpleasant. So this consists of the skin. Uh, being completely flayed from the entire penile shaft Ow, uh, as as well as from the region of the pubis. So it Ow, goes why? all the way up of, of just removing a solid chunk of, of skin. Um, and this, this is no longer practiced for the most part, as far as I know, it's not practiced to till today, uh, but it was formerly practiced in the Red Sea coast in uh, Arabia and Yemen, uh, at least into the, into the 1800s. Well, it's, uh, again, it was an what we would call an endurance ritual, and oh. this was uh, performed on potential marriage candidates. So one of the interesting things about this type is that it was this extreme, and it was performed on adults, right? So this the was attached to that. last thing I would want in a marriage proposal, like, okay, so you can marry him yeah, if yeah. we can flay his penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just take off, you know. But uh, and so so the the kind of rewards from this, the the kind of communal blessings that that a person would get, were only astu- uh, bestowed on the people, the typically the young men, uh, who could refrain from expressing emotion during mm. this event. Which well, dis- men which would, can't express emotion. Which would not bode well for me because I could not refrain from expressing emotion just reading about this fucking thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I will pass on this. Yeah. No. <laughs> they, they, in a lot of the readings, this Jacob said, Jay, you're over there, like, you know, sewing with the women, and you're like, not yeah. me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not my wiener. <laughs> it makes you think of, like, the, the, the cultures that have third genders, and you're like, right, yes, right. yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take up on that. But, I'll say, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, insti- let's institute that uh, here. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in, in preparation for this, I, I set out an array of beer and scotch to drink while I'm talking <laughs> about this, just so that I can make it through it. Uh, so th- this is often described as kind of the most severe genital mutilation. Um, but in t- to me, I-, I find it kind of hard to differentiate between this and what we would call the um, the sub-incision. And sub-incision is probably the, when, when you talked initially to me about coming on and talking about some really messed up things, one of the first things that came to mind was sub-incision. Uh, this was something that I, I came across when I was an undergrad uh, and I was taking actual anthropology courses instead of sociology courses. Um, but subincision is typically when a reed or some kind of sharp object is inserted into the urethra ah, uh, ah. and the actual glands of the penis is, is, no. is split open and flayed no. open. And <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. No, no, no. Why? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, if you... 
it used to be that if you would look onto Wikipedia, like, so, okay, what happened with this is I had read about this and this was something that, you know, tends to stick in one's mind because it's, it's it's pretty awful. Um, but then whatever. And I moved on and one day on Facebook, somebody posted a video of something called the happy hot dog man, which was this little contraption that you could put a hot dog into and closed. And then it would like cut it so that it made like this little floppy. Oh. It, it gave the hot dog arms and like legs by cutting yeah. them and like a little smiley face. And when I saw that, I immediately thought of like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Sub incision. Right. Oh yeah. And, so, oh, yeah. Oh, and my yeah. idea was to respond. My idea was to respond to this on Facebook by posting a link or like putting a picture of like a diagram of what the sub incision was or whatever. Cause I just remembered seeing that and in that's a book somewhere. Why Jacob has no friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, now I just inflict this kind of shit onto my students. Um, no, so, I'm here for it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did was I went to Wikipedia expecting at the time that Wikipedia wasn't going to show any actual nudity or anything. So I was expecting it just to be like a diagram, but boy, God, did it, did they <gasps> is show it the full now? thing? No, so oh, there okay. is there, there is something Did on you there hear now. The excitement in my voice. Got yeah, yeah. You you should look it up. Sub incision, and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, now there's a, a less there there's a less intense form of it that only goes down about an inch down the oh, penis. Ah. It's still pretty dis- despicable. Or not despicable. Uh, I'm not going to judge them that much. You know, just uh, well, uh, disturbing uh, is what I will say. Um, but. Uh, the one that was on there at the time was a completely flayed penis, like down to the scrotum, completely just wide oh, open. I just instead. Googled it. I just Googled it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> and oh, it no. was just like full on groin shot of this flayed open penis. Hold and on. I just remember like, oh, oh. Yeah, it's one of the most disturbing images I've, I've ever come across. And this oh, is somebody I that like for a living in a penis. Oh no, God! Yeah, okay. Time for that scotch. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the interesting thing about this is that um, so we have all of these different kind of branches of circumcision, incision, and and kind of genital modification that happen as this kind of ritual performance that that spread throughout Asia and Africa. Um, Sub incision actually occurs in uh, Australia. And it's it's kind of hypothesized that they had originally encountered um, maybe some kind of forms of of uh, circumcision or incision or maybe a lesser form of this of, of kind of cutting the penis. And in my mind, what happened is that when they saw that, <laughs> because it was Australia, they were like, "That's not genital mutilation. <laughs> this oh. is genital mutilation." Right? <laughs> and they. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like croc- they crocodile dundee that shit <laughs> and like no i'm gonna cut my penis all the way down right oh. <laughs> um so yeah so those are the the major forms uh that we see in kind of a, a, a ritual fashion um i'm never gonna get that image out of my mind yeah 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 exactly my husband's probably gonna yell at me because i didn't google it on incognito mode i don't oh. care <laughs> Yeah, I'm always I, like, man, if anybody ever looks at my Google searches, they're going to see some fucked up shit. Oh, I'm just no, going to tell them. Like, as previously stated on uh, another episode of the podcast, I don't incognito mode anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was like, if my FBI agent wants to go down these rabbit holes with me, we're going. I'll sometimes, so, I'll sometimes be searching things for my lectures and then realize that I'm like on the um, on the the uh, school I don't know, school internet or whatever. And oh, then I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah. But I think, like, 
I'm at... It's, that's just Professor Miller. <laughs> I'm at an institution that has a, a world-renowned sex research place, and uh, awesome. uh, I'm a, a sociologist, so I think I'm all right. But still, right, right. I, there, there have been times when I'm like, well, this is... This is a little bit fucked up, but uh, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're but, teaching the children. But when we talk about these things, there there's an issue. The last thing that I want to touch on before before we're done here is just like it's it's interesting to approach this as as maybe a researcher or somebody that's looking into it because we have a lot of things that are built into the study more so with anthropology than with sociology but also in sociology is that we're not supposed to judge like we're just supposed to to kind of um report the the things and and we're not supposed to project our western ideas onto different cultures um but I think that, the, again, I'll go ahead and state that I think the general consensus is that there are lines and this is one right. of them. And I right. think that the general idea is that, um, you know, these fields as a whole are against uh, genital mutilation um, and specifically uh, female gen- genital mutilation because it tends to be so connected to, to patriarchy and, right, and right. sorts of things. But but there is a little bit of a, of a moral conundrum that occurs, uh, again, especially within anthropology where they're specifically studying these things, um, about how they should address it, how, sh- how they should approach it, um, and what, what science's part in this discussion needs to be. Um, and luckily I, I study taste and aesthetics. Uh, so my primary research is on, you know, what we do, like, you know, the food that we like. And I, my, my dissertation is on the craft beer movement. So like a lot less high stakes. I don't really have to (laughs) deal with a lot of these moral conundrums. Um, but other other people do so i feel like you know i mean on on previous episodes we've joked about and even on this one i'm not here to kink shame you know i think it kind of falls into the same category where it's like you know i'm not here to to judge what you do in your culture however i think there is a line you know and it's when someone is um you know unable to speak for themselves or something like that you know i think there's i think there's a line yeah and 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 like this is something that i i kind of run into now like i think were i to have kids i i i don't think that i would have a a male i i don't think i would have my children circumcised um but like with male circumcision like i was circumcised as a kid and it has never really run into any problems right i i I don't feel like i have you know they say that that it decreases your experience like it it decreases the the physical sensations um but like sex life jake yeah (laughs) i was gonna say like i've never really had an issue with like you know this should be more like more fun this should feel better (laughs) (laughs) like i think that yeah yeah i think it's 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 you know did you hear that ladies But the, the, the question then becomes like, you know, if I were to have kids, like, I don't think that I think I would choose not to. But if I had uh, a partner that was like really set on it, um, I, I would maybe consider it. And that's probably fucked up. Like, I, I don't know, because I, I think that it doesn't benefit and it possibly detracts. Right. And I wouldn't want to do that to my children. But it's also not that big of a deal for me. But a lot of that is the fact that, like, you know, I grew up in this culture, you know. Right. Well, so honestly, again, I used to be super pro uh, yeah. circumcision. Like I used to be like, why would you not circumcise your kid? Yeah, yeah. But you know, as I have gotten older 
and I have learned more, I'm like, oh, maybe we don't need to. Yeah, I also have a beard now, so that's. <laughs> Do you? Well, the... <laughs> so, so you reversed, and you yeah, now have yeah, a beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that maybe that is a subconscious thing that says that I just uh, I miss my foreskin. Right? My foreskin, so you grew a beard. Yeah. Um. Damn. Uh, yeah, I I don't want to have children, so thank God I will never have to to uh to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the case with me as well. So yeah, I don't I don't foresee that happening anytime soon, and I'm I'm not too set on that. So yeah. But anyway, well, I really appreciate. Did you have any more? No, no. I, I, other than just saying that foreskin is a great insult to lob at somebody if <laughs> you call somebody a foreskin face. Yeah. Like I don't think there's <laughs> a foreskin face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I approve of that as a as an insult because yeah. I think that it's funny, and most people probably haven't encountered it before. So you slimy foreskin. Oh yeah, that'll do it. That's good. Yeah. I, um. So I recently went, um, on to um <clears throat> on vacation with my cousin, and he called me a um a musty merkin, and I was like, Stop. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. it was it was great. <laughs> and I then. Yeah, you you adopt that one. You musty merkin, <laughs> foreskin face. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I often uh, play this game with my my foreign friends, uh, where we we compare insults from different you know from different cultures, and it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. So. Oh, that's pretty good. I remember when I was in Spain, um, la puta madre. Uh-huh. It directly translated is the mother bitch. Yeah. And if you say something is la puta madre, that means like that's really awesome. But if you call somebody that, like it's that's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but also the phrase mother bitch that just that is funny. That's fantastic. My my German friends, they couldn't seem to come up with decent obscenities, and I gave them a really hard time with it. But the best that they, they like, what they thought were actual, and, and you know, I guess it's a cultural thing, so I should again, I shouldn't judge them for it. But but yeah, what they God, what they what they treated as a as a as a good insult was you take a warm shower, and this is not this is not like an like a. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a metaphor for yes, piss, you know get a golden showers this is oh, literally God. you get into a shower that is warm instead of cold and i'm like well i mean you know yeah but i would i would say that it's maybe even hot i like yeah. hot showers what does that say Do you oh, know that or, ladies? jacob likes hot showers yeah yeah whoa whoa okay this is getting into <laughs> a completely different personal ad <laughs> um there's actually a, a john green book an abundance of Catherine's. So you should read it if you haven't read it. But um, one of the characters, Hassan, he is uh, Middle Eastern, and he uses the word Sitzpinkler, which I think is German. But Sitzpinkler literally translates to sit when you pee. So yeah. it's an insult for a man to say that he sits when he pees. So That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Put that in your repertoire. Yeah. Okay, so um, since this is your first time on the podcast, hopefully yes. not your last, yep. um, I'm going to ask what your last meal would be if you're on death row. Oh, man, that is really, really tough. <clears throat> oh, Anything in the world. Yeah. I mean, I guess I already talked about pizza being placed under my <laughs> severed genitals, so maybe <laughs> I should go with that. <laughs> not not that it's... Pizza you know, on your severed no, genitals? No, 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 no. Just pizza in general. That's a weird sans, one, Jacob. Sans severed genitals, sans I would say. Severed. What's your favorite pizza topping? You know, like, I like... 
I like like a good um, Neapolitan pizza with ham, actually. And Is I know a that Neapolitan that's just pizza. Uh, it's like a strawberry, uh, Itali- chocolate, and vanilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an Italian style of pizza that's a little bit lighter uh, with fresh tomato sauce and just very, very simple, thin, and uh, very delicious. But just with a little Great. bit of ham on there is really really tasty i know i know a lot of people don't like ham as a topping but i think used correctly it is it is chef's kiss it's really great oh look at you with your fancy pizza yeah 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 so fancy ladies let them take you out for a fancy (laughs) pizza um all right well that concludes episode what is this six no this is seven yeah i don't know what episode this is anymore yeah yeah well it'll, it'll it'll get a number eventually i guess Eventually. Um, so, as always, if there's anything that you want to hear us talk about, if there's anything you want to hear Professor Miller talk about. Oh, and I should, I should, I should state that I am not a professor. I'm an instructor. No, uh, but I'm Professor Miller know, sounds a little bit sexier <laughs> than Instructor Miller. I know. I'm working Eventually, on the professorship. So. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I can call you Doctor Miller. And and. With most people, I I guess I, I wouldn't. Uh, you're allowed to call me professor because that was my nickname when we used to hang out. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Actually, I found a I found a picture of you on one of my old phones from uh-huh. um from us back in our old books a million days, and it was you with the uh, pirate hat. That's fantastic. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> that fucking awesome. pirate hat gave us so much trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, um, yeah, if there's anything specifically you want Professor Miller to talk about, email me at ifitstwistedpodcast at gmail.com. Ladies, send me tasteful photos. I don't want your titties or your (laughs) uncircumcised vaginas. Um, And you can follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. And as always, stay weird, y'all.